The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is eirene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. The core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. In fact, that's the basic meaning of shalom when you use it as a verb. To bring shalom literally means to make complete or restore. So Solomon brings shalom to the unfinished temple when he completes it. Or if your animal accidentally damages your neighbor's field, you shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. You take what's missing and you restore it to wholeness. The same goes for human relationships. In the book of Proverbs, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring shalom. And when rival kingdoms make shalom in the Bible, it doesn't just mean they stop fighting, it also means they start working together for each other's benefit. This state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to cultivate, and it rarely happened. So the prophet Isaiah, he looked forward to a future king, a prince of shalom and his reign would bring shalom with no end. A time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus's birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Irene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others. Like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus, who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace. Well, good morning again. So this is part six of this series that we're in. Prince of Peace, that was a name for Jesus, the Prince of Shalom. When Jesus was born, angels showed up to a group of shepherds, and they said in Luke chapter 2, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace 
to those on whom his favor rests. Uh, this was the passage, uh, one of the passages that inspired the series during Christmas time. When we were uh, looking at this, I thought, well, what kind of peace did he come to bring? Because when you look around the world, it's, it's broken. There are lots of uh, pieces of the, the, the world that are uh, not quite right. Right? There's war, there's chaos, there's anxiety, there's conflict in our families, marriages that are hurting, and then broken bodies, of course. And so this series is about the kind of peace that Jesus came to bring. What does it mean? Um, Jesus is not going to usher in a, the fullness of his kingdom until he returns. In his first coming, he came, he lived, he died, he, he, he rose again, he, he paid for what we are going to get when he returns. But this series is about believing for and expecting for more breakthroughs of peace. That's why the, the, the subtitle of the series, guys, this uh, clicker's not working for me. There we go. Experience more of what he paid for. Between now and the day that he returns, we, we want to experience more of that future kingdom in our lives. And so we've talked about all kinds of things. We've talked first and, for, for, uh, first and most importantly, our relationship with God has been put back together because of Jesus. When we trust in Jesus, our relationship with the Father gets made right again. We are not at peace with God naturally, but Jesus made a way. And when we come to Jesus and we're accepted into God's family, it doesn't end there. He goes to work in every area of our lives. We talked about our inner peace and how he came to restore and, and free us from the anxieties that we often struggle with and, and keep ourselves under. He wants us to cast our anxieties onto him. He wants to uh, teach us to be content in all situations. We talked for the last two weeks about relational peace. Conflict, offense, how to work through that. What does it mean to make every effort to fight for unity? And now, today, we're going to look at uh, physical shalom. Does this peace include physical healing? Does the peace that Jesus came to bring include shalom for our bodies? This is going to be two weeks as well, but not today and next week. Today and March 10th. We've got a guest speaker coming on March 10th, a woman named Bonnie Gay. Her husband spoke here a few years ago. She has a testimony that is powerful, would want you guys to hear it. So March 10th is when we'll do the follow-up to this topic. But this is the question we're exploring. Does this peace, when the angel said peace on earth, does it include physical healing for our bodies? Anybody here have chronic ailments in particular? Things that just have been going on for a while? Things that maybe the doctor said, yeah, this is something you are going to have to live with. You're going to die with it. Maybe not die from it, but die with it. Anybody dealing with stuff? Back aches, knee pain, arthritis, chronic gut issues or respiratory issues. Okay, some of you guys raise your hands. Some of you guys are just too tired to raise your hands. You're like, my shoulder hurts. I can't raise my hands. I get it. I get it. When your body is acting up, and, and specifically when it's acting up for a long period of time, it can feel like you're at war with your body. You're at war with your shoulder. You're at war with your stomach. You're at war with that part of your body that keeps flaring up, not acting right. Maybe there's a tumor in your body. There's a war going on. And I want to make the case that Jesus came to bring peace to that conflict that we're in with our bodies that that is included. So I'm going to pray, uh, and then we're going to jump into a passage where there's a person dealing with a chronic ailment. 
And the chronic ailment affected every area of this person's life. Because it does. Chronic ailments can affect every area of our lives, right? It can affect our social lives. We start to think, okay, can I go here? Can I spend time there? Is this going to cause a flare-up, right? You have to think ahead. Can I handle this event? And this person was in that place. Um, But before we jump into it, let me just pray. Lord, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. God, I ask that when it comes to this topic, I know there's so many questions and there's so many uh, ways that people try to explain uh, why folks don't get healed or why loved ones have passed away. Some of us are still grieving from the loss of loved ones. God, I'm not praying that every question gets answered today. But I'm praying for a, a renewed sense of expectation and a renewed sense of uh, a, new, a renewed confidence that you're healer. It's just who you are and that we would run to you. Even with the questions that we have, even with unanswered prayers from the past, that we would still have a confidence and a fervency to run to you as the Prince of Shalom, our healer. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 8 today. This is a passage where Jesus uses that word for peace that he used with the, uh, the angels used with the shepherds, Irene, uh, glory to God in the highest, Irene on earth. The same word shows up in this passage about healing. So it's Luke chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 41. Let's just jump right into it. Kel, I'm going to let you flip, flip for me. All right, bud? That thing needs to be oiled or something. Verse 41. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. So a synagogue leader, this guy was in charge. He was respectable. He was a, a, a man who um, was looked up to in the community, but his daughter of about 12 years old was, was dying. And so he was desperate. By the way, remember that age, 12. She's dying, and so she, he comes to Jesus desperate, like any parent would, right? The parents would do anything to make their kids better, right? Anybody see the movie John Q with Denzel Washington? Right? You're like, yeah, I'd take over a, ho- a hospital. Of course I'd do that. Get my kid a heart transplant, whatever it takes. That was this man's position. So he came to Jesus. Let, let's go to the next verse. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. So we're actually going to zero in on this woman A man comes to Jesus, my daughter's dying, Jesus goes, crowds start to follow, what's going to happen, what's he going to do? They'd heard stories about what Jesus has done already. Jesus has already healed people, multiple people. So they're they're like going to see another magic trick by Jesus. But there's a woman in the crowd who stands out, who's different. She's different because she's been bleeding for 12 years. She's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. According to the law of Moses... She's not supposed to be in the crowd this day. She's not supposed to be around people. She is unclean. During the time of the month for a woman, she would be unclean. She couldn't be around community. It was the same for a leper. 
But that was a life sentence um, oftentimes. For her, it would, you know, for women, it would just be a temporary thing. For her, it's been 12 years where this hasn't stopped. Something is wrong. Her body is not working the way it's supposed to be working. 12 years. How old is the little girl who's dying? 12. So Luke is pointing out that this woman has been bleeding for as long as that little girl has been alive. And so what, what this means is that she wasn't just lacking peace in her body. She was lacking peace in every other area of life. Uh, emotionally, you have to worry about, is this ever going to stop? Is somebody ever going to fix this? Am I ever going to be able to uh, be restored to community again, to be part of the synagogue again, to go to family parties again? So it would surely create anxiety, maybe shame. And then, of course, relationally, if she can't be part of those things, now she feels like an outcast. Some of us have had chronic things. I had a chronic ailment for 20 years. It affected me socially. I had to think ahead about things. What could I do? What could I not do? As a kid, I was really embarrassed about it. I would tell my mom if my friends call me and I'm, I'm in bed, don't tell them I'm sick again. Tell them I'm, I'm grounded. I don't want them to know because they'd make fun of me. They'd be like, oh, why are you sick again? Why do you always get sick? And I was embarrassed about it. For this woman, it was 10 times worse, 20 times worse. Because she wasn't allowed to be part of community life. Nobody could help her, it says. Mark's gospel, Mark tells the same story, and he says she spent all she had on doctors. She tried everything. Like she went to this doctor and that doctor. She tried the chiropractor. She tried the acupuncturist. She tried the keto diet. She tried the essential oils. She went to the Arbonne party and got their products. Then she started taking Juice Plus. Nothing worked. She's tried it all. She spent all her money. So there's a lack of financial peace now too, right? She tried it all and nothing and so she has good reason to be discouraged. She has good reason to be hopeless. And she probably is tempted to be a little bitter. Surely she's prayed to God numerous times to heal her. And so far, nothing. But she hears about Jesus. She sees him coming through. She knows what he's done. She's heard stories. Maybe she knows somebody who's been healed by him. And she thinks, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to follow. And not just follow along, but look what it says next, in the next verse. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Matthew's account says that she thought to herself, if I could only touch the edge of his cloak, I'll be healed. So she gets in the crowd, and she goes up to touch the edge of his cloak. Now, why the edge of his cloak? There's different theories about why that might have been. We don't know for sure. Um, it could have been she just didn't want to touch his body so that he would not be unclean. Um, it could have been that she understood the edge of the garment for a Jewish man. There was tassels, and those tassels represented the Torah, the, the law of God. And it's possible she saw that as a symbol of the righteousness of God that she believed rested on this man. Here is a man completely righteous. If I could just touch those tassels that represent the Torah. This man is obeying the Torah perfectly. If I could just touch that, I can receive the blessings of a righteous man. It's possible she was familiar with the prophecy 
from her scriptures that said the Messiah will rise with healing in his wings. And maybe the tassels represented the, the wings of the, the Messiah. We don't know exactly. But either way, that was a point of contact for her, a, a point of contact for her faith. Okay, if I could just touch this, I could be healed. If I could just move. So now she's trying to get to him, but that meant she's having to maneuver through a crowd of people, many of whom probably knew her as the person who's supposed to be staying away. So this was risky. This was a risky move socially. She could be in trouble for this. People would be snickering, criticizing her, trying to say, oh, get, get away from her. That's the sick woman. That's the, that's the unclean woman. So this is a risky, risky move, but she moves towards Jesus. She believes that the potential benefit of being healed is worth the risk. So kind of first point I have to make here is that her faith led to action, and that action was risky. Faith is not just a passive thing. It's, it, it moves us. The book of James says, faith without works is that it moves us to make a change. And she moved towards Jesus. It was risky. Faith leads to action. It leads to us making a change, making a move. So she came up and touched the edge of his garment. Look at the rest of that verse, verse 44. And immediately the bleeding stopped. Now before I try to make a point on this, let's just put ourselves in her shoes. 12 years of bleeding, hemorrhaging, nobody able to help her. Hopeless situation. Cut off from community. Can't go to synagogue. Everything about her life has changed. This has become now part of her identity. This has become part of who she is. Maybe she can't even envision being healed anymore. And this is a real story. It happened in real time and space. This person's life was restored in a moment. Put yourself in her shoes. Well, imagine the relief. Imagine the, 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 the wonder that would fill you. How crazy is that? She reached out, she touched it, and her bleeding stopped. And then look, verse 45. Jesus says, who touched me? So Jesus, in a crowd, is like, wait a second. He didn't even know she touched him. He didn't decide to heal her. He's like, who, who touched me? And then uh, when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the, peop the people are crowding and pressing against you. I, I think that's funny. People are denying it. Like there's a crowd pressing against them. And all of a sudden, Jesus is like, who touched me? Everybody's like, not me. I didn't do it. Was it me? It's like I, I got up on a Sunday and I was like, hey, guys, who touched me today? You guys would be like, what does he mean? Like I, I hugged him. Is he talking about me? I, gave, I, I shook his hand. I pat him on his back. I think I brushed past him when he was coming through the door. Right, it's a strange question. And Peter's finally like, Master, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Someone touched me in a different way. I'm not talking about everybody just trying to follow along for the magic tricks. I'm saying someone touched me from a place of desperation and a place of expectation. And her heart was willing and ready to receive my power. She stood out from the rest of the crowd, in other words. Crowd of people, but one person was desperate, was filled with expectation, and had a heart ready to receive. I'll put it another way. 
You can be in the presence of God and not experience the presence of God because of a lack of faith. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. But to experience his presence, sometimes we don't because we, we, we don't have a, a, an expectation. We're not expecting. We can show up to prayer. You guys know this. I know this. We can, you know, pray in the morning. Lord Jesus, give me a good day. Our Father who art in heaven. Anyway, on my way. We can open up scripture to read it. Okay, I did my daily reading for the day. I move on. We can show up to church. Go through the motions. Hope it's songs that I like. I hope the sermon's interesting. I hope I don't bump into the person that I'm in conflict with. And I can scoot out. But that's different than having an expectant heart of going, God, I need to see you. Open up the Bible and go, God, I need to see you in these scriptures today. Come alive. I need to touch from you today. I need to hear from you. It's different than praying, oh, God, I'm not moving until you move in me. I need peace in this area, God. Help me cast these anxieties onto you. And it's different from even going to church. I've been to services or conferences where I don't have an expectant heart. I'm like, ah, I hope it's interesting. Yeah, that was good. And there's been other times where I'm like, God, I don't know if I need to hear from you. I don't know what I need. But something's missing. Something's off. Something's wrong. I need you to move in me today. Use this sermon. Use this song. Use this uh, person who's about to pray for me. I don't know. Use something, Lord. It's different, right? It's a difference. And it applies to more than just healing. Verse 47. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. So she's trembling. She, I don't, she doesn't know if she's going to be in trouble for being out and about. She doesn't know what's going on. All Jesus said is, who touched me? And she finally was like, it was me. And here's what happened. Twelve years, my bleeding stopped. In the presence of all the people. Then he said to her, verse 48, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. There's so much we could say about this. We could you know, spend a couple weeks just on that you know, one verse right there. But let's start with the phrase, your faith has healed you. What did he mean by that? He credited her faith. Was he saying that you got a 99 on your faith, and if it was an 89, you wouldn't have been healed? No, he wasn't grading it. He was saying your faith was such that you were willing to push through to get to me. Push through the snickering, the criticism. You were willing to take the risk. It wasn't the faith that healed. It wasn't the faith that brought the power to heal. But it was the faith that brought her to the one who was the power. Who was the healer. Anybody uh, have one of these, these phone cords in your, your home? In your car? They're not re really expensive, right? Because they don't carry power. They're not the power source. You plug them into a socket... And, of course, electricity comes from somewhere else to get there, but that's a whole other, right? But let's just say the socket is how you get power to the phone, but you need a cord to attach it. That's what faith is. Faith just brings us to the outlet, right? I can't hold my phone, at, at least right now, you can't hold your phone up to the outlet and just go, all right, charged. That day is coming, I'm sure, but right now you, you can't do that. You need the, 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 the cord. My family fights over these cords, we can order a pack of eight, and within a week, we're down to two. We're always, we always have like two of these. 
for four devices and everybody's hiding them and moving them around. We have to make all these rules about don't take this power, don't, you know. Because we need, that's what faith is. Jesus said, your faith brought you to me. Your, she wasn't just sitting on the outskirts going, well, if I'm going to be healed, I'll just be healed. Just wait. Her faith moved her because faith has to move us in everything with Jesus to receive forgiveness of sins. We come to him. Jesus, I believe that I don't pay for myself. I don't have to make up for my sins. You died for me. The Christian life is a, is a, is a life of faith. So Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And then he says, go in peace. Can we go back to that scripture? Go in peace. Thank you. That word for peace is irene, the same word that the angels said to the shepherds when Jesus was born, peace on earth, irene on earth. And now Jesus is saying, go, go in irene, Hebrew word is shalom, go in shalom. Wholeness, things put back together, that which was misaligned brought back to alignment. Not just physically, although that's huge. But now emotionally, you don't have to worry anymore. No more anxiety and shame about this anymore. Socially, relationally, you're restored. You can go back to your family. You can be part of synagogue life. You can go to the birthday parties. You can go to the family reunions again. He calls her daughter, right? A symbol of that restoration to, to community, to family. Brother, sister, right? This, this term that, hey, you're, you're back. You're back with us. So she is restored in all kinds of ways. Jesus will go on and he'll raise that girl. Uh, she will have died by the time Jesus gets there and he'll raise her from the dead. We're not going to look at that today because I just really want to focus on this. And Jesus says to her, go in peace. I want to ask, we're going to have the prayer team down here in, in a little bit. Um, and I want to ask a couple questions be, before I bring them down. Um, who wants a breakthrough of peace in their bodies? That's, that's the first question. Who wants a breakthrough? Now, you might have issues. You're like, I don't really care about this one. I understand that. I've got a shoulder thing. I don't really think about it unless I'm sleeping and I'm laying on it. I'm like, ah, oh, I've got to put ice on that. Um, I don't think to even ask for prayer for that. But there's other issues that I got that I do. So who wants a breakthrough of peace in their bodies? That's number one. And then number two, will you reach out in faith to Jesus, our healer? Will you reach out in faith? And, and, and this is for anybody with any issue with their bodies. But I want to speak specifically for those with chronic ailments because I know. I mean, Jeff Borkowski, when we were uh, gathered earlier uh, the tech team and the worship team and the ushers, we gathered to, to pray for our, our service. And he said, um, he prayed for those who are going to hear this story and think, that's not for me. Because I've been to the doctors and I've been prayed for so many times. And the doctor said, this is incurable. So that's not going to happen for me. So remember, in my prayer at the beginning, oh, just that expectation. Yeah, I don't need... Questions answered from what, why this didn't happen in the past. Just now, can I have that heart posture of that woman? It's been 12 years, but I'm going to come down and be prayed for. And I, you don't have to be prayed for from the prayer team, but it is a step of faith, right? It is a step of faith. People have even said, well, maybe people aren't comfortable coming down front. The woman wasn't comfortable going into a crowd where she wasn't supposed to be, right? But it's a step 
okay, I, it's a step of expressing I'm needy for this. And I'm believing Jesus is healer. And I'm not asking, again, uh, about other people that you know who weren't healed or, or, or uh, asking you to have all your questions answered. I don't have all my questions answered. But can you believe that Jesus is here? That's just who he is. It's in his nature. The world's broken. Bodies are broken. But Jesus is healer. I want to briefly just make the case that just like Jesus, because some of us, we can, get, we can get trapped up and like, well, maybe it's not God's will. And like, we don't say that about other areas. When I'm sitting with a married couple, I never say, well, it might not be God's will you guys make it. We always fight for restoration for marriages. And yes, people get divorced. Some of you have experienced that. It's not God's will. God says he doesn't like divorce. You know, he's, no, he's not, he's not for it. But it happens. God has a mysterious sovereign will where he allows the devil to roam around right now. We don't know why. We, he, he, he allows us to continue to sin even though he says, it's not my will. My will for you is sanctification. He says, my will for you is to abstain from sexual immorality. Well, how many of us have been guilty of sexual immorality in the last year? Sometimes his revealed will doesn't happen and he allows it. It's not our job to speculate about his mysterious sovereign will. Our job is to pray for and fight for his revealed will. And his revealed will is unity in our relationships, healing in our bodies. I want to make, just make three, a case for that and three, three, three reasons why. Maybe there's four. Number one, Jesus never turned anyone away when it came to healing. Anybody who came to him for healing, he never ever said, you know what, in your particular case... It's actually, it's actually better for you if you just kind of continue blind. He actually never did that. There's no example. He was limited by time and space. So he wasn't around the whole Roman Empire healing everybody. Not everybody got healed in his time. But everybody who came to him, like the woman did, was healed. That's what we see in Scripture. That's number one. Now follow my logic here. Number two, Jesus is the expression of the kingdom of God. The character of God and the will of God. Jesus' life on earth, he, Jesus said the kingdom is here. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what it is. And all the miracles that he did was to express this is, not just to prove his deity, but to show this is what the kingdom's like. When the kingdom comes in its fullness one day, it's going to be like this all over the earth. That's what he was showing. The kingdom of God is here. Today's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not going to ask who you're rooting for. I just hope it's not based on Taylor Swift. Um, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Chiefs. One thing he has a tendency to do, I actually find it obnoxious, um, but I'm, I'm not against him per se, but he, he has a tendency after a, a touchdown or a good play, he'll say, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. And what is he saying? Like, this, this is what he does. This is who I am. I score touchdowns and I pull a, a rabbit out of my butt sometimes in this play that I, you know, this fancy play. It's like, wow, how do he do that? Like, it's, it is, you know, pretty impressive at times. Um, so in other words, he will never, you know, do a quarterback sneak to the end zone and then stop and go, I don't feel like scoring today. I don't think this is who I am today. So it's kind of similar with Jesus. Jesus was always like, this is who I am. This is what the kingdom is like. There's never a point where it's going to change. There's never a point where I'm like, actually, in this case, we're not going to take it into the end zone. That's just who Jesus is. And then, follow my logic, Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, excuse me, on earth as it is in heaven. He told us to pray, what you see in my life, 
all over the earth. That's how he told us to pray. Not to speculate about, well, why isn't it happening all over the earth? Maybe in this case, maybe there's supposed to be a war over there. No, my kingdom of justice in this area of injustice. My kingdom of unity in this family conflict. And my kingdom of healing in this body with this chronic ailment. That's all we're supposed to focus on. Because the implication is it's not happening in that way. His mysterious sovereign will, yes, that's happening. But his revealed will, his kingdom over the earth, it's not happening in all these pockets, right? We see it. We see it in our own lives. And that includes physical healing. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That doesn't mean we, t- we, we twist that around. And so when we see like the curse of the world winning, we tend to go, well, maybe it's God's will that it's winning. And Jesus is like, that's the exact opposite of how I told you to pray. When you see the curse winning, you say, my kingdom come. You know, God's kingdom come. His will be done in this area. Because the curse of the world is taking over here. Make sense? And I could go on and it's not an exhaustive list. But basically, we are longing for the day that Jesus returns. Right? That's the future. I'm almost done, I promise. He's coming. Earth will be filled with his kingdom in every nook and cranny, every square inch, justice and healing, and uh, the, the pain is all going to be gone. Right now we're in the present. Our job as followers of Jesus is to pray and to contend for that future kingdom to be pulled into the present as, in as many places as possible not, it won't be perfect until he returns, but that's our job. In our character, in how we do justice, and how we serve the poor and the oppressed, and when it comes to sickness and disease, that's got to be our focus. I'll end with just my story a little bit. I, I struggled with a, with a chronic ailment for 22 years. Um, it started when I was about 12 I was um, dealing with, like, it was respiratory stuff, constant respiratory stuff. I had two sinus surgeries. I missed a lot of school. Um, doctors kept putting me on antibiotic after antibiotic. It got worse and worse and worse. Finally, I was at a, with a, a nutritionist who was like, how he's eating and these antibiotics ain't helping. In fact, if you ever wonder why they stopped prescribing antibiotics as liberally as they did back in the 90s, you can look in a medical journal or Google it, and you will see a picture of me pop up. Yeah. True story. Um, so I, I, I was struggling. I got diagnosed with Epstein-Barr, Lyme disease, cytomegalovirus, all kinds of things. Um, but nobody knew what came first. Like, what is the root here? 22 years into my, I was able to manage it. There were some things I could change with, with diet and stuff. Um, and, you know, we need to be faithful. If there's something we can change to be responsible, we do that. Um, but into my 20s, it was still a struggle. I was in L.A. I was looking, still going to different doctors. Into my 30s, it was still a struggle. To the point where I had to think ahead of like, okay, if I'm not feeling well, where am I going to lay down? Like I would have to sneak away. I remember being at my brother's wedding. Nobody actually knows this until now. I found a golf cart to lay down in before the wedding because I was struggling to get through the day. Like that was most days. Um, Things would set me off. Perfumes would just set off my respiratory system. Um... Nobody could help. I went to, like, everybody had their suggestions, try this, try that. And I would try things, but nothing helped. And finally, it was about five, six years ago, um, after a bad night's sleep, because sleep would set it off, and then I started to get anxious if I slept bad, and it was like this, you know, the worst thing for sleeping is anxiety, right? Um, 
So I was walking around my neighborhood one day, and I remember praying. I was like, God, like, nothing's worked. And, 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 and you know, this bad night's sleep, like, nothing's worked. And, and it was like God said, you're done trying stuff. I just felt like I was like, you're done. Like, it's it. Like, doctors haven't helped, so you don't have to worry about going to doctors anymore. And sleep isn't fixing it, and the lack of sleep isn't the cause of it. So don't even worry about that either. And I don't know what changed. Like, it's hard to explain, but in that moment, God gave me this peace in my soul. Before I had peace in my body, there was this peace in my soul where I was like, ah, I'm done. I'm done. God, it's like it's going to have to be supernatural because nobody else. And I don't regret trying everything because it led me to a point where I could say, well, if I'm healed, it's all God. That doctor didn't help, and your doctor didn't help, and your nutrition plan didn't help. Nobody helped. And I tell you, within a week, maybe a few days, I don't remember exactly, I started to notice, wow, these things aren't getting set off anymore. And then a few months go by, and I'm like, I haven't struggled in this area anymore. And, and I gave this testimony five or six years ago. Um, and I think I've given it even maybe another time after that. Um, but... Like, I tried everything, and all of a sudden, after 22 years, it was gone. Like, those things didn't come back. If other people are catching respiratory stuff, I either don't get it or I get it really briefly. When I had COVID, it didn't touch my respiratory system. It was like the kingdom of God was like, sealed this off. It was like, oh, not welcome here. Yeah, amen. God brings his kingdom. We don't, can't control when and how, and, and, and we can't explain, well, why did this person not? That's not our job. Now, I, I would be remiss if I wasn't honest. Around that same time, I got hit with stomach stuff. It was like the devil was like, well, if that part got sealed off, well, I'm coming after this area. And I've been struggling with that for the last five, six years. And seeing different doctors, and, you know, if uh, I don't try everything, you know. I'm, I'm, by the way, please save the emails for a month from now, if God leaves you in a month from now to send me a suggestion, go for it, but not today. Uh, sit on it for a while. Um, but I've tried stuff. I've tried a lot. And uh, I'm just like, all right, well, if, if I'm not going to be irresponsible, there's something I can try, I'll try. But at the end of the day, this might have to be supernatural, just like my respiratory system was. I've been prayed over many times. I haven't been healed yet. But that doesn't stop me from going, but Jesus is still a healer. I got conflict with people. That doesn't mean God's not, his will isn't unity. So we're just going to continue to pray and contend for that future kingdom to be pulled into the present. And if, there's a ch if Jesus is passing through, let's reach out and touch the edge of his garment. Let's just not let it stop us. So let's stand. Prayer team, those of you who have been, um, who've signed up, you know, volunteered with Pastor Rigo, Donna, Cindy, Dan, Bill, Christine. If there's anybody else from our prayer team who can be available, Unless you need prayer. Don't come down if you need prayer. You'd be prayed over. Band, you can come on up here. We're going to just sing about the greatness of God, the goodness of God, how big God is. We live in a broken world, but the kingdom is breaking in. Jesus said the kingdom is here. here. He's the kingdom. And so we're, these guys are simply going to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in this body as it is in heaven. Your job is to say, this is what I want the Lord to do. I'm going to end with this. At the uh, Matthew 21, Jesus was on his, or 20, at the end of Matthew 20, he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he was passing by some blind guys, and they were yelling out, Jesus, Jesus, and he stopped. And he looked at them, and he said, if we can put that last one up there, you guys. He said, what do you want me to do for you? That's going to be the question. And they said, 
we want our sight. You, you don't need an explanation of how this all happened or how this came to be or why this didn't work or that didn't work. They're going to ask, what do you want the Lord to do for you? I want to see. I want this disease gone. I want this tumor gone. I don't want to have, to have surgery in a month. I want to go to the back, back to the doctor and they say, ah, it's gone. Don't need it anymore. Cancer gone. Gut issues gone. Knee pain gone. Arthritis gone. Herniated disc put back in place. Whatever it is. I'm just going to pray. So come on down if that's you as we sing. I'm going to pause for a moment and from our singing. Um, Rob and Maselli just felt led to share a, a testimony and uh, I'm going to have her share it. Y'all, I, I don't like to speak in front of people, but I feel like the Lord is just saying, um, just to go face down beforehand and just have hope because a, a year ago, y'all prayed for my grandson, William, a strong warrior, and he was born, um, the doctors failed him, and he was born dead for three minutes, and after that, he was diagnosed with severe brain damage, and that, he kept having seizures, and he kept stopping breathing, and one night, I was face down on the floor of the NICU waiting room, praying with Pastor Chris and Rigo, and God showed me his little brain and electricity going through it. And I, I knew at that moment that the Lord had healed his brain. All the brain damage was gone, that he was healed. I got up and I said, it's healed, he's done. And that was the last time he had an episode of breathing. That was the last time he had a seizure. And that little boy is a miracle. Every time he goes to the doctors, they say, we don't know how with the amount of brain damage it shows on the MRI. He is walking, he is talking, and he is going to be a strong warrior for Christ. Now that is what I'm saying, like, get on your face before the Lord, pray the scriptures. I prayed his word. I said, Lord, it says in your word. And I went to him with faith and the Lord healed him. And he can do that for you. He's a good, good father and he loves us and he wants to heal us from anxiety, from depression, from anything. Give it to him. Stop holding on. Reach out to the garment. Reach out because he can do it. And thank you all for just praying for him and trusting that the Lord can heal him because that little boy is healed. And when I get his MRI in June, I'm going to show you there's not going to be a single bit of brain damage on that. Amen. Thank you. I just had to, I had to tell you. I just The Lord just told me. I had to, can, can, can you be available to pray for people? All right, Robin will be down here too now. She can't share without praying. <laughs>